My name is Keith Beavers, and I tried peanut butter powder to curb my peanut butter habit. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to episode 15 of Vine Pairs Wine 101 Podcast. Wow, we're halfway through. My name is Keith Beavers. I am the tasting sorcerer of Vine Pair. Yo, I mean, we all love Sauvignon Blanc, right? But there's all these different styles. Where did this grape come from? What styles apply to you? How do you want to drink your Sauvignon Blanc? We got to talk about this because there's all kinds of stuff going on. Let's put it all into perspective, break it down, and clear things up. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by White Haven. From the sunny bays and lush green vineyards of Marlboro comes a new world Sauvignon Blanc that only New Zealand could offer. Whitehaven's winemaking philosophy centers on the pursuit of quality without compromise, a principle that is supported at every step from the vineyard to the glass. Whitehaven uses only Marlboro grapes in our wines, ensuring that only truly authentic Marlboro character is in every bottle. Inspired by a dream, whoa, I want to see that dream journal, try Whitehaven Sauvignon Blanc. Your haven awaits. Sauvignon Blanc. Man, this grape is all over the place. I mean, it's all over the place in the world, but it's all over the place in your face. You know, in the in the industry, the wine industry, sometimes we do these things called blind tastings, and it's just a it's it's fun. And it's this thing that we do. We put a wine in a glass. We don't know what it is, and we have to smell it and you know guess what it is. It's it's fun. Um, what we don't often use wines made from the Sauvignon Blanc grape because a lot of styles are just so e- easily recognizable. So, but what's really cool, one of the cool things about Sauvignon Blanc, it's a great educational tool because it is so direct and so aromatic that it's a, it's a good way to help people understand aromas because like, I mean, you cannot, cannot deny the aromas of a Sauvignon Blanc. And I think the most fun part about wines made from this grape is that because it's so dramatic in the glass, um, it, the, it's always going to be dramatic no matter where it's made from, but or what part of the world it's made, but it always has a different personality depending on where it's grown. It's always going to be, you know, alive and in your face, but in different ways. So where did this grape come from? How do we understand it? And what are the styles that we can get into to kind of see how awesome, like, the spectrum of this variety can give? So I'm sure you've noticed that the word Sauvignon is not just for Sauvignon Blanc, but it's also applied to another grape variety called Cabernet Sauvignon, which is native to the Bordeaux region of France. And what's interesting is that these two varieties, Sauvignon Blanc and Cabernet Sauvignon, have very similar characteristics of herbaceousness, herby notes to them. They're almost undeniable. And remember a few episodes back, we were talking about all this DNA profiling going on in the late 90s to figure out the origins of varieties? Well, in 1997, this DNA profiling was applied to the varieties of Bordeaux, and they found out that Sauvignon Blanc, along with the grape Cabernet Franc, were the parents of Cabernet Sauvignon. Whoa. (laughs) And they believe that this was a result of a spontaneous field crossing in 
I don't know. I think they think it's like the, the 18th century, somewhere in the 18th century of Bordeaux. And so if that's the case, cool. So Sauvignon Blanc is from Bordeaux because it's related to Cabernet Sauvignon. Not necessarily. Further DNA profiling or research shows that it's believed that the Sauvignon Blanc grape actually originated in the Loire Valley in central France. And interestingly enough, what is thought is to be the purest expression of this variety in wine is in that region of France, which we'll get into. There are a few vine varieties that are extremely ancient, and they are thought to have been originated in the Loire Valley, Burgundy, all that, that sort of central part of France. And it's thought that because of the genetic footprints of these varieties and other grapes, it's thought that these were sort of the catalysts for a lot of the vine varieties in France and beyond. One of those vine varieties is a white wine grape called Sauvignon. When the DNA profiling was applied to this variety, things got very exciting because they found that the, this, there, there are, there's genetic material in this grape that is also found in grapes like Chenin Blanc, Sylvaner, a grape called Trousseau, a grape called Petit Mansang, a grape called Grunewaldina from Austria, and Sauvignon Blanc. So somehow, this grape that is now known as Sauvignon Blanc made its way through the Loire Valley west, down through the southwestern part of France, into Bordeaux, and at some point in the 18th century, a spontaneous field crossing with Cab Franc created one of the most famous grapes in the world, Cabernet Sauvignon. Man, mind blown. I'm, is your mind blown? My mind's blown. But right smack dab in the middle of the central Loire Valley is a town called Sancerre. And neighboring that town is a town called Puy-sur-Loire. Again, I'm probably butchering that. And remember how when we talked about the vineyard, we talked about soils and how, you know, the soil is an important part of how a vine grows. In this area of France, there's a lot of limestone. And limestone is sort of like the, the almost like the, the most revered soil for soil composition for vines because of its beautiful catch and release. Also in this area is a lot of schist and shale, very high draining soils. So the result is this incredibly pure crisp, somewhat slightly dense version of Sauvignon Blanc. It is, it's, it's, it almost has a flinty, what they call gun flint. There's only a, sometimes there's a slight smoke aroma on these wines because they believe is from this particular kind of soil. I mean, make no mistake, it has verve to it. It has a slight herbaceous note to it. It has, but it, all those sort of aggressive aromas that we understand and we know from Sauvignon Blanc and other parts of the world is a little more subdued here. It has a little bit more finesse. What's really cool is, and actually more evidence that this is the heart of Sauvignon Blanc, this region here, is northwest, northeast, and south of these two famous towns it fans out, and there's all these small, small um, uh, satellite regions that also feature Sauvignon Blanc, and the the, the aromatics and the style changes, even though it's not too far away. And there's about seven or eight of them, but I'm only going to mention a few because I don't want to get all into it. It would take too long. But these are some you would see on the American market, like Sombrie, which is basically Saint Briss, but it's pronounced Sombrie. There's a place called Cancy, which is 
basically Quincy, but pronounced Quincy. These examples have nice, clean, crisp, kind of like herby. They have the, the they have that really kind of verve to them that you really know about Sauvignon Blanc. And then some of the earthiest Sauvignon Blanc that I've ever had is in a small town called Cheverny, which is just awesome. You'll see it around. It's definitely on the market. But just west of all those satellite regions is a very large region called the Touraine. And you'll see a lot of Sauvignon Blanc on the American market from the Touraine. And the style of, it's also very affordable, the wine from here. And the style of the Touraine Sauvignon Blanc is very close to what we're used to. The very alive, herbaceous, like in your face stuff. The subtleties start to kind of fade away and it gets a little more, you know, not aggressive, but just a little bit more prominent, if you will. So this feels like the heart of Sauvignon Blanc, but it did make it to Bordeaux and it does have a role to play in wines in Bordeaux. One thing to note here is that Sauvignon Blanc is often consumed in its youth. Yes, it can age for a little bit at 5 to 15 years, but the thing about Sauvignon Blanc is it doesn't age in a way like other wines. It doesn't have it doesn't change much. It just it, it's it's durable. So it, it almost retains itself for a longer period of time instead of like changing itself over a long period of time. And the reason I say this is even though that Sauvignon Blanc isn't an age-worthy wine, it plays a small role in some of the most age-worthy wine in the world. <laughs> is that crazy? And we're going to go into a lot more depth in Bordeaux when we have our Bordeaux episode. But there is a town called Sauternes in, in this area. It's a sweet wine-producing region. And um, they use primarily a grape called Semillon, and, which is actually related to Sauvignon Blanc. And they use Sauvignon Blanc to sort of give it a little bit of that verve. I keep on saying verve, but it's just so appropriate for this grape. They also blend a little a grape called Muscadel. So that, that's a sweet wine. We'll talk a lot about that during in, when we do our Bordeaux episode. But the majority of Sauvignon Blanc from Bordeaux for dry white wine is concentrated in a region called Entre du Mer. It's a large swath of land between two rivers, and they often blend it with Semillon. So it's the same blend you would see from a Sauterne, but it's dry white wine. It's often very affordable too. And again, we're going to get more into this, but in Grave, which is a region in Bordeaux, there, is, there are white wines being made from Sauvignon Blanc that are actually pretty expensive and pretty amazing, and they're, just, they're awesome. But again, we'll get into all that. But so that, the, the, the role of Sauvignon Blanc in Bordeaux is for that. It's for blending, it's for sweet wine, and it's for a few high-end whites. So throughout France... The styles are not completely different, but they're, they're, they're similar to each other, but they have subtle differences. It's when you get out of France is when Sauvignon Blanc really changes its personality. Um, I, I got to say here, my, my, one of my favorite, I, I said this in the last episode, I love Friuli in Italy. It's a wonderful place. The wine is great. So good. And from that story I told you last episode, Sauvignon Blanc thrives in Friuli. If you ever can have a Sauvignon Blanc from Friuli, especially from... Um, the Gorizia region, it's just amazing. And it has, it's very similar, very fine, very similar to what you would get in France. But when we, when we go to this place called New Zealand, everything changes. Before the 1970s, um, a lot of wineries were on the North Island of New Zealand. And those wineries were run mostly by Croatian immigrants, which had come over to New Zealand to work the gum fields. Um, of New Zealand, and they actually they brought their winemaking skills from Croatia to New Zealand. And in the 1970s, a winery 
of, of you know Croatian descent called the Montana Winery went down to the northern tip of the South Island of New Zealand in a place called Marlborough. And they started just planting all different kinds of vines down there. People thought they were crazy, but it was working. So they planted all, I mean, everything from Graversimeter, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Merlot, Cabernet, all kinds of grapes. But, and it was working, but then Phylloxera, this, this louse that I keep talk, mentioning every here and there that kind of ruined everything, it ruins vines like crazy. And through a pullout scheme after that, it came, they came to the realization that two varieties really did best in this area, Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc. But the Sauvignon Blanc was, was different than what everyone kind of thought about Sauvignon Blanc. It was pungent, <laughs> and it was sweet, and it had like the green bell pepper thing. It was just a little bit, it was, it was heavily perfumed. It was intense, and it became very popular in this area. Then in 1985, a winemaker from Australia named David Honan established a winery in Marlborough called Cloudy Bay. And when that wine made it to the American market, we freaked out. We, this was, we were in a Chardonnay phase. This wine was so much different, and it, was, it freaked our brains out, and we fell in love with it. And to this day, you know, it's the Sauvignon Blanc that we all know when we go to the store. That's the one we, we go to first because we know it. The, the Sauvignon Blanc built the wine industry <laughs> in New Zealand. I mean, today the most Sauvignon Blanc on the planet is planted in New Zealand. Three out of every five vines in New Zealand is Sauvignon Blanc. So, that, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, this is, there's, that's, I wanted to just say all this because I think we all know Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc. I just want to give you an idea of where, <laughs> you know, how that happened. So you have this clean, steely, flinty style from where, where Sauvignon Blanc came from. And you have this herbaceous verviness that comes as it goes into the satellite regions of France and goes to other parts of France. Then it has this sort of dry, somewhat sweet blend in, in Bordeaux. And then the crazy, in-your-face pungency of New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. But we have to talk about Sauvignon Blanc from California. Because I find that it's, it's a very, very interesting thing. Because it, again... This, this grape in California does yet a different style, and it's just awesome. I love it. It's so cool. This is going to be a big generalization because Sauvignon Blanc is grown throughout California, um, and it, it, can be, it can be different styles. But the prominent general style of Sauvignon Blanc in California is not the intense New Zealand style, nor is it the steely, flinty, um, French style or the blend from Bordeaux. It is its own thing. It is all kinds of tropical fruit. When you, when you sip a Sauvignon Blanc from California, there is no denying that you're smelling kiwi, star fruit, mango, pineapple. It's just, it's just really a lot. The thing is, you know, so Sauvignon Blanc is so expressive and it's so interesting how it changes, you know, depending on whether, you know, where it's grown. It, it like Sauvignon Blanc from California is just so California. It's like sun in a bottle. It's 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 <laughs> it's refreshing. It has high acidity. It's all tropical fruit. It's just a really refreshing, awesome wine to drink um, on a on a really, you know, hot day. And again, it's to be consumed in its youth, the, the, especially in California. Sauvignon Blanc in California does not age. Drink it in the first, like, two years. 
And that kind of sums up what you're going to really see a lot on the market. You know, Sauvignon Blanc has grown all over the all over the place. And it's, I mean, it's in Spain, it's grown in Israel, it's grown in Slovenia. But those are the places that I, that I mentioned in this episode are sort of what you're going to see when you go out there and you go online for e-commerce. But there's a, but you're like, what about oak, Keith? Can Sauvignon Blanc see oak? And interestingly enough, yes, it can. It's a very different, I mean, you're not, it's, it changes the wine a lot. I mean, you still get some of the, the grassiness that you, that, that you get in all other styles, but it has this really unique vanilla sherbet thing to it. It's, it's, it's really wild. And Robert Mondavi is very famous, the Mondavi winery, is very famous for making an oat Sauvignon Blanc, and they called it Fumé Blanc. Pretty interesting. They just flipped the Blanc Fumé, the, 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 the winemakers in, in Puy Fumé call it, and they just flipped it. Instead of saying white smoke, smoke white. <laughs> you know, whatever. But it's, it's a unique style, and they do it in Greece. I mean, people do it all over. Sometimes, sometimes people even ferment it in a barrel. And the, the unique thing about oaked Sauvignon Blanc is it needs... It's funny because Sauvignon Blanc is ready immediately, basically. It doesn't really spend a lot of time like as a reserve in a cellar. But Sauvignon Blanc that sees oak, it actually needs a year or two to settle so that when you drink it, it actually is balanced. It's a very unique, it's out there. You can see, you'll, you'll see it. Give it a try. So that's kind of like Sauvignon Blanc in a nutshell. There's so much more to talk about Sauvignon Blanc. It's, I mean, there's it's just other places in the world where it does really awesome stuff. But this is what's going to kind of get you started on this crazy aromatic grape. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm putting down, go ahead and give me a rating on iTunes or tell your friends to subscribe. You can subscribe. If you like to type, go ahead and send a, you know, a review or something like that. But let's get this wine podcast up so everybody can learn about wine. Check me out on Instagram. It's at VinePairKeith. I do all my stuff in stories. And also, you got to follow VinePair on Instagram, which is at VinePair. And don't forget to listen to the VinePair podcast, which is hosted by Erica, Adam, and Zach. It's a great deep dive into drinks culture every week. Now for some credits. How about that? Wine 101 is recorded and produced by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the VinePair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mellon. I also want to thank Daniel Grinberg for making the most legit Wine 101 logo. And I got to thank Darby Seaside for making this amazing song. I mean, listen to this epic stuff. And finally, I want to thank the Vine Pear staff for helping me learn more every day. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by White Haven. From the sunny bays and lush green vineyards of Marlboro comes a new world Sauvignon Blanc that only New Zealand could offer. Whitehaven's winemaking philosophy centers on the pursuit of quality without compromise, a principle that is supported at every step from the vineyard to the glass. Whitehaven uses only Marlboro grapes in our wines, ensuring that only truly authentic Marlboro character is in every bottle. Inspired by a dream, whoa, I want to see that dream journal. Try Whitehaven Sauvignon Blanc. Your haven awaits.